0: hello and welcome to another episode of the gargoyle podcast i'm nathan aka the gargoyle and joining me once again is eric say hello eric hello i'm eric are, are you still the uh, platypus uh, I, I could
1: be i did come up with another one yeah um i'm not sure how good it is but it is fitting for this episode um and that is bl's dad <laughs> <laughs>
0: That works. I kinda that, like that one. That, that could was, be a thing.
1: The Yell's a dead. That's another another one I had was uh the Chimerican. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I like that one a lot. I know, I, I thought that one was pretty good. <laughs> so uh what what exactly would a be Chimerican be? Would it be like a three headed dragon, but like wearing super patriotic, like a flag shirt oh yeah, and like yeah, no a flag
1: tank top, for sure. With <sighs> like flip-flops and american flag
0: (laughs) swimming trunks i like it i like where this is going i like the (laughs) Chimerican. i mean it's no platypus but uh the platypus is pretty good but i feel like we're giving people the wrong impression (laughs) with that nickname (laughs) (laughs) fantastic uh all right so we are continuing our 60 days of halloween and we are on day 13 I think we're on day 13. Pretty sure it's day 13. Should be day 13. Lucky number 13. I mean, that that sounds about right. I guess I could just like actually... Well, today's the 13th, and if we're just... And we've been doing this, one every day. Yeah. Hey, there we go. We calendared it. Uh, <laughs> so it's day 13 of 60 Days of Halloween, and this is our palate cleanser episode of Eric's Dead Kid Week. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's that's it. Eric's Dead Kid Week. <laughs> yeah uh, and i'm just gonna the, the palette cleanser might be worse than some of the other ones yeah it's no okay so with this palette cleanser this was
1: a, I mentioned in the last episode this was originally a movie i picked just for my week um because i don't think we've told everybody what the title is but the movie we're watching today is mom and dad Yes. The Nicolas Cage film about parents who go feral and try to murder their children. (laughs) And I picked this one because I knew I wanted something that was I did really want a palate cleanser um, just throughout the week. And I have a really hard time watching movies that involve children being killed. Right. Like with the new It movie was it was so rough because it does not shy away from showing you things. So like I figured with mom and dad, I was like, man, this is going to be. I'm still facing my fear in a way, but I'm also getting something that's a little bit more over the top that's not quite as heavy. That's
0: kind of funny and yeah, like more with, entertaining. With being a bit more zany, it makes it slightly less scary because yeah. it's like, oh, that that won't really happen.
1: I hope. But there was still that element of the fear that was there. Um, but then I ended up adding additional movies, and we kind of pushed this off to be the palate cleanser episode. And I think it works. I mean, it really, again, it was the first movie I watched for my week, but it still is the best yeah, we've it, got in terms of.
0: it, After all of the drama that we've seen for the last two weeks, mm-hmm. adding in some nice, comedic, over the top, gory, humorous horror. Nick Cage. It's, yeah. <laughs> adding in Nick Cage. <laughs> It, um, I I think that it's a very necessary thing. So, so yeah, we're going to be doing the same that we've done with the last um, however many episodes of same five criteria. What prior information did we have beforehand? What did we think of it from a technical standpoint? What did we think of it emotionally? How rewatchable is it? And who do we recommend it for? So... Hmm prior information what you got
1: i really don't remember how i found out about this movie i feel like i probably just stumbled across it on a facebook post or something and you know i saw it was a movie about parents who were trying to kill their kids and then it was starring nicholas cage and i was like sold <laughs> and then i realized it was directed by brian taylor who's one of the co-directors of the crank series and i was like solder because i love the crank movies um
0: so yeah i don't i don't even think i watched the trailer for this movie before seeing the actual film i did not realize that uh that brian taylor was the uh, the director Mm. yeah crank is a lot of fun those movies
1: are those movies are really really underrated i think i don't really know a whole lot of people who like them but they're crazy and so much fun and just especially the second one like they go so over the top with that movie it's it's a work of art. Yeah. Like, I would honestly <laughs> consider... Even though, like, Neville Dean and Taylor, they they made Gamer also. Those are the two directors of the Crank movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they made Gamer and a bunch of other kind of crappy movies. But they have such a distinct style. And you can really see it in,
0: in Mom and Dad as well. And I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Crank... But you know, we should do an episode on Crank sometime. We should. They're, they're just fun. They're so much fun. Um. Yeah. Like, I... It, it's weird mom and dad's one of those movies that like I know that I've heard of before but I honestly can't remember where you know like I don't yeah. remember ever seeing a trailer I don't really remember anything about it um, you know maybe I read it on like I horror, bloody disgusting or something but like it's just one of those oh right horror comedy over the top Nick Cage being Nick Cage <laughs> yep Th- that's that's all that I knew but I, I can't remember where I knew that from
1: yeah and I feel like to I feel like I heard about it and maybe even just like a month after I found out it was a movie that existed, it dropped on Hulu. Yeah. So I saw it on Hulu. I was like, oh man, I definitely want to watch this.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like it came out super quick. I don't even know if it ever had a theatrical release. I, I don't I, know. It's not a Hulu original movie. So I'm assuming maybe there was some sort I, of release for it, but I don't, I don't know. know who would watch it in theaters. Honestly, like <laughs> it's, it is amazing and I love it, but yeah, I, I don't know who would want to like Say, I know what I'm going to do with my weekend. I'm going to go watch Nick Cage kill some kids. That's... That's me. That would be me. (laughs) I would be that person. You would be that person.
1: Even though this is my greatest fear, of course, losing my kids. But, I mean, it's just such a crazy concept that I'm like, I have to see what they do with this.
0: Yeah, well, and it's done in such a way that there's a lot to talk about, um, which we will talk about in tomorrow's episode with our analysis, because... Mm, so much meaty goodness oh, yes. to go through love it uh all right so technically what did Man, you think of this Mom and Dad? movie
1: hits the ground running and does not let up for 86 minutes like <laughs> it is so like lean and mean and it just gets straight to the point and i love that about it um like i mean it does kind of it's a little not really slow in the beginning but it does start off like where you get to know the family and they're having breakfast and um like it's a pretty funny conversation it's still like very stylized and yeah kind of it's a little over the top um and the parents like Selma Blair's character is she's the mom and she's like um using the word hashtag in in parts <laughs> of the conversation and it's just really funny and then they have a teenage daughter who's like oh mom you're so stu- you're so uncool or whatever so it's like they're very archetypical characters and it sets the tone really well but it's also still kind of believable. Like it still feels like a real family just yeah. kind of joking around with each other and casually arguing all the time. Um, so yeah, like they really do a good job of clearly defining the characters up front and then getting you into the action. Yeah. And this is really basically a zombie movie. I would say like it, it feels like yeah, a, it, like a fast moving zombie movie. Only the zombies are sentient or s- yeah, they're cognizant of who they are. They yeah. Lose that part of themselves. So Uh, It's really, uh, really interesting. Um, Let's see here. Oh, one thing I really want to mention is Mm -hmm. that I feel like in most zombie movies, like I hate how the setup takes so long. And then people are always like, what's going on? Like, oh, this is crazy. Is there some kind of outbreak or whatever? And it's like the audience knows that they're watching a zombie movie. And I love that this movie recognizes that the audience knows exactly what they're getting themselves into like they really allude to the chaos early on in the movie and in some really clever ways like there's a part early on in the movie where nicholas cage's son like throws a soccer ball at his head and he like flips around and then like the noise drains out yeah and he's staring at him and it's like oh crap this is already gonna get like they're already <laughs> getting into it and then he just laughs it off sorry i went i got a little away from the mic but but yeah and then he just laughs, you're, laughs you're it fine. off And I love that the movie is already like playing with that right from the beginning and it doesn't like give you any BS. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I. All right. So this is more of like the emotional side, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll get into the emotional in just a minute. But from a technical standpoint, like I did think that it was well written. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact that there was was a distinct style. But like even in the um, the opening credits and just like some of that beginning um, beginning footage it doesn't feel like a modern movie like it feels like it's from the 60s 80s yeah like the, the title the- card has like a really has like a throwback kind of yeah style to it and and like there's a few different places where it feels like it is a different era style mm-hmm. but none of it really feels out of place like it doesn't feel like you're jumping from the 60s to the 80s to the to the you know like yeah. it's just it, it feels cohesive. And it's got
1: such a great score too. I love the yeah. score in this movie because it feels kind of almost like a carpenter kind of score where it's got that like electronic stuff to it. But it's also just, it's really creative the way that the music syncs up with the action. Like there's a part where Nicholas Cage is play fighting with his son and he like wiggles his fingers over him and the music goes like, wah, 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 like yeah. along with his fingers. And it's just really weird and it just, Gives the movie this really distinct.
0: Yeah, the, the sound design was great. It's like fantastic. there's fantastic. There's obviously something going on with the TV, because like whenever there's static is when like people are kind of freaking out the most. Yeah. And so they play on that a lot, like when uh, when the parents are kind of freaking out, you kind of hear some of that static mm. even if there's no TV around. So a lot of really good sound design. Loved all of that. Um, acting. I thought that almost all of the actors were great. The only actor that I thought was and I hate saying this because I actually like his character. I just didn't think that he was acted very well is the daughter's boyfriend. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Damon played by Robert Cunningham. He like, does. He doesn't. There's, there are a few parts where it feels like he should have had more of an
1: emotional response to certain situations. Yeah. Like, well, and
0: like, I don't know if it's his acting or if it was a directing or if he was supposed to be just kind of more blank slate Like yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't I really like this movie and I think it's really well
1: made, but I don't know if it's necessarily well directed, if that makes sense, because uh,
0: there, mostly because there, there, there are, are some parts that I think it is absolutely well directed. Absolutely. Like it, it is it is amazing. But
1: it's also very shaggy because sure. they the tone of this movie is all over the place. Like they're the and the actors aren't necessarily on the same level in terms of like what they what this movie is i don't think all everybody knows what kind of movie they're starring in because
0: sometimes it's like really serious (sighs) and sometimes it's really over the top funny and see i think that they actually did know what they were getting into and we'll get into the details with the analysis but even though this is zany and over the top and there's a huge comedic element because of how unrealistic it is the parts that are played seriously are played seriously enough that it's like, no, there's some real fears here Yeah. with the, like, I love you, but sometimes I just want to like, that is a driving thing. And like, even in some of those flashback scenes, um, you know, it, it, there's still some of that, like, I love you, but oh my God, sometimes I just, oh yeah. And so I think that that actually works, but I think that because of playing on that kind of fear of, what kind of person wants to kill their kids I think the only way that they could have presented it in such a way that like, they didn't have just massive um, boycotts and people like oh you're <laughs> you're obviously going straight to hell is to play it in such a way where it's like no we're obviously being over the top on a thing that most parents think. So like, yeah. I, I feel like the dramatic scenes do still work. I think so. I, it's more just in
1: the transition from in the shift from the comedy to the drama is it's like sometimes they're playing it both ways in one scene and it doesn't really mesh well in certain mm-hmm. cases like the kids seem legitimately terrified and especially the young son like he's almost a little too real at times and it really clashes whenever it's like Nicolas Cage is running around with a sawzall going <laughs> it's called a sawzall because it saws all <laughs> which is one of those lines that like only Nicolas Cage can pull off <laughs> Oh my God, I love Nick Cage. It's so funny. And man, he, and, and, and I don't think Selma Blair gets enough credit for this movie because she's phenomenal too. Like I would say she's even better than Cage because she gets the emotional side really well and he does the really over the top stuff great. Like oh, my favorite she, scene. She has a lot more nuance. She does. And it's, it works well because like you said, there are some legitimate fears in here. Like there are a few scenes in the movie where, you know, it kind of gets into, um, like it's it's about like, it feels like a really sincere attempt to work out the frustrations that parents feel regarding their children and how having children causes them to sacrifice a part of themselves Uh themselves and how a lot of times parents will unfairly like shift the blame to their children
0: yeah in a way and it's it's really really interesting yeah for something seemingly so shallow there is a lot of depth depth to this movie and I like oh, that they God. do that because yeah. it really—it's not just a bunch of parents killing their
1: kids. Like it really is getting at that feeling that most parents get, where you're just like so frustrated with your kids that you—I mean, sometimes you can feel that way, where it's like I just want to hurt you, I want to spank you, and yeah. Then, but whenever you do it, you immediately are just like, oh.
0: well, and there's one scene in particular that, um, not going to get into spoilers and say what happened, but there's one scene that leading up to it, I was like. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because it was far enough into the movie that you knew what was happening. Mm. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Please, no. Please, no. Is it the scene in the and hospital? S- yes. Oh, <laughs> and man, that scene, it's really not necessary to the oh, plot, but it's so well done that I'm like, I'm so glad that it's in here. Yeah. And oh, it's so great. I feel like that was actually one of the most important scenes for tying in some of the no, there's some genuine fears in here and there's some stuff that over the top, but kind of still realistically happens and and I, I feel like it was necessary in a way.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I guess it's not plot relevant, and it, sure. it's it's a little convenient in yeah. a way. But at the same time, like it was so well done, and they build the suspense in that scene because, yeah, like you said, you already know what's happening at that point. And oh
0: man, it it, is, it was uncomfortable. It was really intense. The uh, so the biggest problem, it's not even a problem. So like, all right. So I already mentioned that the one uh, character I. I don't think that he was as strong of an actor, and I don't know if it was because of him or the directing or just the role, but he was a little too just stale. Mm. Um, the other thing that bugged me is the news reports. Like, I just personally, I don't like it when movies use the news to tell you what's happening.
1: Yeah, I actually kind of liked it because it's not like there's never really a part in the movie... It doesn't really stop the movie cold, and it's like here's a news report, so we can explain everything that's happening. It's mostly going on in the background while other things are happening. So I like it, that it's kind of just background. It kind of gives you an idea of how the world is reacting to this situation, yeah. and it sort I mean, of it, gives you an explanation for what's happening.
0: It, but it wasn't it over the top, like it. All right, so both of those things the the actor and the news, neither of those were so bad that it completely took me out of it or made me think, "Ugh, I don't like this." It was just like. All right, it's not the worst of this that I've seen, but it still bugs me when movies use news too much to explain things. Uh, Because, like, there was that one scene of, like, news commentators talking about how, you know, like, in the animal world, it's a perfectly normal thing for parents to go feral and kill off some of the kids just to kind of cull the herd and keep the strongest. Yeah. Like, they were talking about that, but that could have been talked about in the classroom scene. You know, like it could have just oh, been a biology. Hey, I only do that in
1: movies too, though, because it's like every time you see a classroom scene, it's like, oh, this totally relates to what's happening. And but it still kind of does that. I
0: actually like that better, though, because that is here's some context and some foreshadowing, and it ties in with what's happening rather than just a straight up, here's a news item to explain what's happening. Now, again, it wasn't done so over the top that, I, yeah. that it took me out of it. There were just. I, actually, I feel like with news segments, it feels more natural because it's like if this was happening
1: everybody would be turning on the news and trying to figure out what the hell is going on and the news people would be trying to explain it even though they have no idea what's going on. They're just like, I don't know. I guess it's this thing.
0: Yeah, um, I I don't know. The the, the news that she used, I, this is only just like a slight aside before we dive into the emotion. I feel like the movie that uses the let's explain through through the news that does it the best is Shaun of the Dead because oh, it doesn't actually explain anything because he keeps flipping, flipping channels. channels. But then
1: the words like mesh but together and tell you what's going on. Yeah, so, so funny.
0: So I love that one because it does it, but it doesn't. And and again, mom and dad doesn't rely on it too heavily, but but the audience does know what they're saying. So there's just enough of like... Probably could have cut out some of it and it still would have worked just fine, and you still would have understood what's going on. And so, like, the um, there is one scene, minor spoiler, but whatever. Where Summer Blair's driving in the car and the news reporter on the car radio says, Your instinct is going to be to go to your kids, but don't do that. Yeah. That scene I thought worked. That I think was great because it was just like a like as this is happening, something going on in the background, you don't really need it. It wasn't yeah. taking away from the scene to get to that. It's when they were actually showing it on the news. I just I don't know and it, it bugged me a little bit but again not enough to be like here's a major problem more just like and eh, this is a minor gripe of mine that I I, I liked it okay I I eh. feel like it
1: was implemented well I because I, like I agree with you because I think that in a lot of movies it is really cumbersome the way that that putting the news out there is implemented to explain things in movies but I felt like they did it well enough that it didn't stop the action it gave you some relevant info gave you something to th- something to think about but it was still kind of incidental. I mean, it was just in the background and it would, it makes sense that it would be there. Yeah. Within it, the context of the film.
0: We, we have talked about this way too much. We have, I know. <laughs> <true>. <laughs> um,
1: Moving on. Nicholas Cage destroys a pool table with a sledgehammer while wearing
0: a misfit shirt and singing the hokey pokey. Yes. This movie is a gift. Yes. Emotionally, you get to see Nick Cage be crazy. Nick Cage. <sighs> it's so good. Honestly, I, uh, Like, that is enough. And it's
1: amazing, too, because right after that scene happens and it's, like, hilarious and over the top and great, he gives, like, a really, like, emotionally relatable, I mean, like, a very relatable monologue about life and being a parent. And it's like, what? is happening right now like it's so it's crazy that yeah that's that's my favorite scene in the movie it's so good it, it <laughs> i know i spoiled it a little bit but it's you can't prepare yourself for it because it's so, it's so good that it doesn't matter if you, i actually knew about that scene beforehand oh that's interesting that was something i didn't include in outside information well there you go somebody had mentioned it in a in a blurb on letterboxd mm. and so i looked at it looked at it on letterboxd for a minute before i watched it but anyway Yet,
0: uh, emotionally uh, there were some genuine fears, not necessarily like jump scare fears, because um, it's more of like the action horror rather than the surprise yeah. horror. Um, so there weren't really any jump scares, but there was definitely enough, uh, definitely some gore, um, definitely some blood, which is it wasn't as violent a, as I
1: expected. A lot of the a lot of the killing happens off screen with the kids, and and it's mostly older kids. It's there aren't a whole lot of younger kids being murdered, so yeah, that it's like older it, kids or adults that you actually see. It's it's really horrible to say this, but it made it more palatable that the kids were teenagers, and rather than younger kids. Um, sure,
0: you know it's it, it, that's not a, that's not a good thing, but yeah, it yeah. makes sense that that's I mean, not quite as terrible when it's older kids. That's still <laughs> terrible. It sounds yeah, it's, we're, we're horrible people. Still terrible. Um, but yeah, lots. Uh, there, there is still a lot of blood. There and is. There
1: is. Yeah, that's true.
0: And there are some. You get a lot of fears. aftermath. Of yeah.
1: What, what's happened?
0: Yeah. The. So the thing that I love about it is, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, the fears of the movie are buried within how insane it is. And, and I love that. I love the fact that it's almost like a subversive horror movie, Mm. you know, like, oh, you think you're just going to watch some people be crazy and kill off some kids in like a very over the top, not realistic sort of way. And then while you're watching it, we're going to add in just enough of, oh, hey, parents, you can totally relate to this. Can't you? Yeah. You've been in this situation where you've been working on something and thought to yourself, what would I? No, no. That's, ooh, now I feel like a terrible person. I love the fact that that is just kind of buried in there. Yeah, again, that's what I, I like. It really so feels
1: it really feels sincere. I mean, that's yeah. that's what's great. It wasn't like they're just like, "Hey, look, this is a fun concept." It's like, "Hey, let's actually dig into this concept and try to figure out the root of this fear." Yeah. So, I think that I, I really like that about it a lot. One thing I did not like, and this is the last thing I want to say for technical side, I did not like the end of this movie. It is way too abrupt and I don't think it's half as clever as it thinks it is. <sighs>
0: I am I'm okay with the ending not because of like it being clever but in terms of like a zombie movie zombie movies generally don't have a resolution yeah and in this and I guess that's kind of a spoiler but like it's one of those I feel like the focus of the movie is supposed to be this is what's happening rather than and this is how we get out of it and I actually I do actually enjoy that because they don't explain what happened this is kind of a major spoiler they don't explain what's happening or why it's happening and so without explaining what's happening like they then don't try to resolve it you know because like, that's something that bugs me it's just Which i don't this mind is that. completely unexplained and oh by the way here's how to fix it like wait no how do you fix it if it's unexplained so i i'm glad that it just kind of ends i don't mind that
1: part of it it's it just it still feels way too abrupt like they don't there's no third act in this movie at all like it's just here's the
0: climax and credits yeah but what could the third act possibly have been either they resolve it and everyone deals with the aftermath of like killing off their own kids which would have completely changed the tone and made it an insanely dark movie or just more killing
1: so like I, I don't I, know. I mean, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm just saying like it, for me it was a little it was a bit
0: too quick. I th- I just don't know how else they could have ended it. Like maybe a few more minutes to give something, but I I honestly don't think that they could have done much more with it. Like I I feel like I feel like it's as about as resolved as it could have been. Yeah, I, I mean, like I guess it doesn't ruin
1: the movie for me. I still really like it and well, I would still watch it again, segue into rewatchability. Really quick oh, wait, we're bo- not even r- into re-watchability, really quick before, we? Well,
0: we? Well, we almost are. I mean, the emotionally, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Here's the thing that's kind of crazy. I know that Rotten Tomatoes, like you can't use that as an end-all, be-all. There's all kinds of issues with it. I get that. But again, I've mentioned this on previous episodes. I use it as just kind of like a quick reference. Uh, the critic review has it at 74%. The audience, 38%. Oh, wow. I feel like it should be flipped. That's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's the kind of movie that most people would watch and just be like, oh my God, that's ridiculous. Look at Nick Cage being crazy. This is so much fun. Yeah. I get why critics would like
1: it because it has that subtext to it. I I almost feel like it would be backwards. I I, I don't know. It is
0: crazy to me that the audience response is that low because I don't think that it's necessarily trying to be a quote unquote good movie. I think that it's just trying to be a fun, outlandish horror movie, and I think that it succeeds. I absolutely love it. No, I, I agree. So, rewatchability.
1: Rewatchability. Um, so, I don't... Where, where the hell am I? Oh, I um, <laughs> <They're> <laughs> no, just flying No, it's definitely... Around. It's, it's really rewatchable, I think. I was actually cause I watched this movie like two weeks ago. So I was going back through it this morning and watching just bits and pieces of it that I wanted to keep like refresh myself on while I was making my notes. And like, I was already getting absorbed back into it again. Like I was like, Oh, I just want to keep watching it. Like I don't want to have to skip back and forth between these scenes. Like I just was getting lost in the movie again. And it's so, it's just so enjoyable. It's a lot of fun, even when there's not a lot of carnage or anything happening on screen. Like just the way that it's shot and edited and the sound design, it's it's just really engaging and a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. It's <laughs> I've said this so many times. It's just so over the top and ridiculous that it is super rewatchable. Um, maybe not like immediately rewatchable just because of the subject matter, but yeah, I mean it is it is a really well done. Uh, action horror movie that I totally see myself watching again very easily. Yeah. All right. Who do you recommend it for? So I think that like you said you
1: mentioned action horror and I have that in my notes here too. Um, you know, if you like zombie movies and especially if you prefer them to be more action oriented, kind of like the Dawn of the Dead remake or maybe World War Z or something, then I think sure. you like this movie. Um if you love Crank, I mean it's a very similar style. It's very over the top. It's the same one of the same directors from that movie, I think you'd like this movie. Um, and also if you really like horror comedies, something you mentioned, Shaun of the Dead earlier, and that's something that I had in my notes. Like, it reminds me of kind of, um, it's not quite as clever or as polished as Shaun of the Dead, um, but it's still really good and it's got that like kind of Edgar Wright formalist flair to it, yeah, um, with some dashes of genuine emotion, a lot like Shaun of the Dead. So it's not nearly as good as Shaun of the Dead, I don't think, but
0: if you like that movie, then I think you would like Mom and Dad. All of those things, plus if you like seeing Nick Cage just completely lose his shit. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so it's so good. We didn't even talk a
1: whole lot about Nick Cage. Not not <laughs> nearly enough, but it Nick doesn't, Cage is so, so freaking
0: fantastic. Nick, Nick Cage has, like... Okay, first off, I love Nick Cage, and we'll not go into too much depth because we've already talked a lot about this. Um, but... One of the first movies that I ever saw Nick Cage in was *Racing Arizona, which is an it's amazing great. movie. So my perception of him has always been, oh, I like Nick Cage because I love Raising Arizona. It took a lot of other movies to be like, wait a second. He's kind of a terrible actor. Like, it took me a long time to get to that point. And then I've circled back around to uh, he is terrible, but he is so over the top <laughs> just I, so I don't know I I go I, back and forth I on this. I love him he's in a lot of really terrible movies I, and he is part of why those movies are terrible.
1: That's the thing I feel like he's kind of become the butt of the joke because he pretty much will say yes to any role that is offered to him. I feel like he's in like 12 movies a year. Yeah. None of them are any good but I feel like he's always really good I mean he here's the thing he may not always be good but he always fully commits himself to yes. every single role no matter how Terrible, it is. He just goes for it, and I love that about him. He
0: seems like the kind of person who genuinely enjoys what he does. But then, like, there are things like the uh, Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance behind the scenes where, like, he painted himself up like a skeleton to, quote, get in the character <laughs> and, like, notice. would run around screaming at people. Not like an angry, like, why aren't you doing your part kind of screaming. But like a, I'm Nick Cage as the Ghost Rider, kind of I screaming. I in real up.
1: life he's the most laid back person on earth because oh, he I spends, don't think so. Well, I think it's because he spends so much time in his movies, just like getting everything out on screen and just screaming and losing his shit, like you said. And then whenever he's done, he's like, "Okay, I'm, I feel better now. I'm gonna <laughs> go." He's,
0: he's so amazing. Uh, so yes, if you enjoy watching Nick Cage doing literally anything. You will love this movie. This is very much Nick Cage going full Nick Cage. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Absolutely love it. Um, all right, Eric, where can people find you? If you'd like
1: to see my review of Mom and Dad or other movies, you can go find me on Letterboxd. My name is on there is Eric J-A-Y. You can find me on Twitter at Eric J-A-Y Harris. And I'm not going to push Facebook anymore because <laughs> I
0: remember that it was private so don't find me on facebook you should only put out your social media that you have people blocked on it's like (laughs) find me here and they find you just a friend request nope Nope. (laughs) (laughs) uh terrible um all right you can find me on instagram uh letterboxd facebook and twitter and um all of those are just the gargoyle basically And if you've been enjoying these episodes, uh, let us know. Give some feedback. Let us know what fears you would include in your week. Um, Let us know what your palate cleanser would be. And, uh, yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor.fm, and Google Play. Just do a search for the Gargoyle. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E because it is a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. And I I need to get uh, EB to do a nude logo with a Chimerican. Chimerican or a... uh (laughs) bl's dad, <laughs> just like holding a can of pbr <laughs> yes yes and that is the oh exact opposite of what
1: i who i am as a person too so <laughs> that just makes it even better
0: well, that's only one of the heads so like oh, the okay. so can maybe be each a- one
1: can be a different person like american stereotype yeah I like that. yeah that's oh, this is great I'm, so I'm, I'm about to go full <laughs> full in, like all in on chimerican <laughs>
0: I absolutely love it. Uh, all right. And check back tomorrow for our analysis episode where we're going to dive in to all of Eric's fears and talk about why we've been making so many horrible jokes about that kid week because the only way to address this fear is in, in a sort of mom and dad over the top-esque sort of way of, yeah, this scares us like a lot. And and yeah, I, I think that'll be a fun one. It um, will. And then come back next week as we start other Eric, Evie uh, Tolbert. We're going to start his week of fears um, about being decapitated. That's so such an interesting oh. fear to me. I I don't understand it.
1: Cause like if you're decapitated, then it's like it. I mean, well, it's the fear of being decapitated. So it's if not you're decapitated. Like, you don't know that you're decapitated because you're freaking dead. Well, it's like the fear of
0: dying, but just in a very very specific way. I'm really curious to hear his reasoning for this. Yeah, I, I am so looking forward to the analysis episode because he and I have talked about it before. And like, I kind of remember some of what he said, but I honestly can't like fully wrap my head around why in in thinking about all right, what are your greatest fears? Why that one is the first one that comes up. Yeah. But the movies that we have lined up are some really great movies. So I'm looking forward to the reviews and and then the analysis is going to be just a whole lot of picking Eric's brain. It's also going to be confusing because I'm going to have two Eric's on on an episode. It'll be Eric and other Eric. Yeah, probably just have to go by his initials again. Yeah. Anyways, or
1: I could go by Chimerican,
0: (laughs) which also has my name in it. I just realized. (laughs) Nice. Yes, that that is perfect. I think platypus is amazing, but you are the Chimerican. Well, I appreciate you bestowing this. <laughs> and until next wonderful time, honor on me. <laughs> when I come up with a different one. <laughs> um, yeah, follow us, listen to us, tell us what you think. Go enjoy some horror movies. Uh, make sure to check out Frightening Ass Film Fest in Chattanooga and Knoxville Horror Film Fest in Knoxville. Both are amazing and wonderful. And we're only like two weeks from October. So Halloween is starting to ramp up. Go enjoy horror movies, they're wonderful and amazing. And until next time, uh, th- I, I'm Nathan, the Gargile. And I'm Eric, the Chimerican. <laughs> so dumb. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Come back tomorrow. Okay. Bye. Bye.